Hello and welcome to the Horrorcopia podcast, where we bring you weekly movie reviews while discussing all things horror along the way. My name is Bodacious Brian. I will be your host. This is episode number 22 being recorded Friday, June 25th, 2022. And today I will be doing a spoiler filled review of the 2022 film Firestarter. If you'd like to get a hold of the show, you can email horrorcopiapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow and message us on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. New episodes drop every Friday and can be found wherever you get your podcast now. Please do us a big ring ding of a favor and remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. That was awesome, huh? <laughs> I was talking to my wife last night and she was just talking about how when I when I record, she imagines me being that guy. You know, like the old like high school DJ who's just in the room. It's like, yeah, this is Bop and Brian. Today I'm going to be giving you the hits. So, um... Yeah, I thought that'd be kind of fun to start like that. So, no Heather today. Ah, crap. I apologize if you turn this on and you're expecting to hear Heather's wonderful voice, but she will not be on this episode with me today. We uh, talked earlier in the week and we had some scheduling conflicts with uh, producer Chris, who's uh, got some stuff going on. And uh, we were going to actually take this week off because I have tried editing with Heather and I, and if you want to hear those results, just go back and listen to like the first two episodes, <laughs> most uh, uh, specifically the first episode, Lost Boys, which is a good episode. There's good content, but I didn't know how to edit really at that time. So the whole episode is basically me talking over Heather just because the tracks aren't lined up. So every time Heather's like about to finish talking, all of a sudden I jump over her and start talking. So it sounds like I'm cutting her off like a prick, <laughs> like every time. So anyway, um, yeah, we, we were, like I said, we were going to take the week off and then I just decided, you know what, I'll just do, um, I'll just do Firestarter Cause we had talked about doing that, uh, about a month ago when the movie came out and we never got around to it because you know, it's, I don't know. I, I saw the movie. I told Heather it's, uh, it's all right. So, I guess I just gave away my uh, my feelings there. But anyway, um, yeah, so Heather will be back next week and we will be doing the long awaited Drag Me to Hell, which we were going to do this week. But um, we both apologize for that. And I apologize that you have to hear my horrible voice for, I don't know, however long this is. Probably a shorter episode because Heather's not here. So anyway, just rip through this. Um, I wanted to talk real quick about the new movie that just came out called The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke, directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed uh, Sinister, which we did uh, a couple months back. And he also directed Doctor Strange. And I think that the first Doctor Strange. And I believe he directed The, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I did like all three of those movies. So I guess I do like this director. And I am definitely going to see this movie. I have not seen it yet kind of weird that i bring it up it's like let's talk about the brand new movie the black phone i haven't seen it yet ah, excuse me gotta take a little water it's very early by the way it is uh friday morning uh the podcast releases today uh i was being a, a lazy shit and didn't want to do it last night because i was too tired so it is 5 30 in the morning and um yeah I, i'm pretty awake though this is about when i get up for work anyway but Back to the black phone. I don't know. See, this is what happens. This is what happens when I do these by myself. I go off on tangents, and I apologize for that, but bear with me. Let's get back to the black phone. So 
this movie just looks creepy as shit because uh, it, it's based on well, that's kind of weird, actually, funny, actually, uh, Firestarter, which is written by Stephen King. This movie, The Black Phone, is direct or was written by his son, Joe Hill, who was also uh, <clears throat> a famous horror writer, obviously not to Stephen King's level, but he is Stephen King's son. So he's got that notoriety anyway. The Black Phone. This movie just looks pretty, pretty fucking cool. Actually, if you haven't seen anything for it, it does. Uh, I think it hit theaters last night, early, you know, just early Thursday night release. But uh, the movie is uh, Ethan Hawke plays like a a, a child. A, I don't know, like a kidnapper slash child murderer, and he wears his creepy ass masks, which we see a couple of them in the trailer, and they just oh, it's so like horrifying. They're like demon masks, like terrifying, like where he looks like the devil. But he kidnaps uh, this kid, and he puts him in the cellar. I have no idea like why he's or well, I mean he's a child murderer, obviously, but why he's keeping this kid alive. And there's like a phone in the little cell with the kid that is disconnected, but. All of a sudden, the phone rings one day and the kid picks it up and there's another kid on the other line talking to him, trying to you know help him out of this situation. And I guess these throughout the movie, he talks to the souls or not talks to the souls, the, the, the dead souls of these kids are the ones that are guiding him, trying to help him get out. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It looks like it's like the kids teaming up, um, the, the, the dead kids helping this kid you know, overtake Ethan Hawke or whatever it is. But it just, uh, some of the imagery in the trailer is just creepy as shit. Like I said, those masks look awesome. And uh, just seeing these dead kids. And we know he did it really well in Sinister with the dead kids, the the ones that were following Ethan Hawke around. This guy does love Ethan Hawke. And James Ransone is also in it, who is in Sinister. He is, um, he played Deputy So-and-So in that movie. And then he was also Ziggy Sabatka in uh the wire season two so anyway um yeah i'm gonna check that movie out maybe this weekend if i can get away so uh but yeah i don't have a ton else to talk about so let's just go ahead and jump right into uh firestarter which was directed by keith thomas and was released may 13th 2022 here is your cast zach efron is andy mcgee Sorry, uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong as Charlie McGee, Sidney Lemon as Victoria McGee, Kurtwood Smith as Dr. Joseph Wanless, John Beasley as Irv Manders, Michael Grayeyes as John Rainbird, and Gloria Rubin as Captain Jane Hollister. Okay, here is your quick plot synopsis, courtesy of Google. A couple desperately try to hide their daughter, Charlie, from a shadowy federal agency that wants to harness her unprecedented unprecedented gift for turning fire into a weapon of mass destruction. Her father taught her how to diffuse her power, but as Charlie turns 11, the fire becomes harder and harder to control. When a mysterious operative finally finds the family, he tries to seize Charlie once and for all, but she has other plans. What are those plans? Let's talk about it. Okay, so this movie is a remake of the 19, I believe, 84 uh, film starring Drew Barrymore that is, I, I I have not seen it. I've seen like clips of it. And I I know, I remember that was one of the movies actually when we were growing up that my mom wouldn't let us watch. So it wasn't like being rebellious, like we're going to watch it anyway. <clears throat> I just didn't watch it. <laughs> I had no interest to watch it. It was just like, whatever. Uh, excuse me. So Anyway, I can't really, uh, I, I did check the, like the kind of plot synopsis a little bit for that. And it does seem like it's pretty so similar with, um, obviously 
the little girl, Charlie, having these firepowers, but also her parents having gifts as well. So <clears throat> I'm not going to really talk much about that movie because I don't really, besides that, that's all I know about it. So, um, but yeah, so it, I guess you could call it a remake if you want, because it is, it's based on a Stephen King book. So that one was already, it's not like it's stealing the idea from this, uh, 1980, I, I keep saying 1984. I hope to God it's 1984. It's probably not, but anyway, um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. This movie came, uh, it was released on in theaters and on Peacock, which I do have. So I was able, uh, well, I, I wasn't, <laughs> once I started seeing reviews for this movie, it was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, this is pretty much what I was expecting. And I think Heather said that too, when we talked about it the first time, she's like, yeah, it's probably going to suck. And eh, I have some problems with this movie, but there's, there's some good things, I guess. So here we go. Um... We meet Charlie right off the bat, and she is the second creepy kid that we meet named Charlie, who is a little girl. We also have Charlie from Hereditary, if you'll recall. But anyway, she um, we start off with like an opening sequence of Charlie as a baby and uh, Zac Efron, who comes in in like a really, really cheesy scene where there's like no talking for probably like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. But it's just like the family, like Zac Efron. And he does. He looks older. I mean, he's starting to look like an adult now. He still looks great. And I, and I, I love Zac Efron. Well, the movies I've seen him in, the very few I've actually watched that he's in, I did love like the Neighbors movies. And then um, even the Baywatch movie with the, the Rock. Stupid movie, but I mean, I still thought he was great in it. And actually, I thought the movie was pretty damn funny, too. So, um, but yeah, he uh, he comes in and he sees Charlie and it's just a nice scene. And then the wife comes in and she's like, or she was already in the room, like nursing the baby or whatever. So she looks like sexy as hell and they're going to go fuck or something. And then all of a sudden, the baby is looking up at her mobile above her and it just starts kind of like burning. And then boom, like the the whole thing goes up in flames. Dad comes running back in and he gets Charlie out of the crib quickly as the thing drops down and the whole room like engulfs in flame. But then he wakes up. So it's like this probably did happen, though. That's the thing. Like um, they don't really go through like a bunch of dream sequences or anything like that. So that's why I'm kind of led to believe that he doesn't just this isn't just a, a, a common thing. They're probably actually showing us what happened and maybe just he, he happens to be because this is when all the weird shit is starting to happen. So like she starts feeling weird things. Charlie, this isn't puberty, I promise. <laughs> um, no, she's her power is just kind of like overtaking her more like she's she's losing control of it because they've kept it down for a while. So anyway, we get back to, to regular times. Dad wakes up and this is a scene that I thought was kind of weird. Like so right off the bat, he walks into the kitchen and Charlie's in there and she's playing with a Zippo. So uh, just to give you a, a little, uh, some context here, Charlie is uh, the, the girl who plays her. She is the same little girl from it chapter two that goes underneath the baseball bleachers and meets Pennywise and he fucking eats her face. She has the port wine stain on her cheek. Uh, it's that girl. But anyway, so he comes out and it's just weird for us seeing like a little, 11 year old girl playing with a Zippo lighter. And he's like, what do you, you know, what are you doing? Where'd you get that? And she's like, I thought you quit. So it, at that moment, I thought that the cigarette, the smoking thing was going to come back again, but it, it never does. <laughs> this was just like a, a, a way to show us that, Ooh, Charlie plays with fire. It's like, Ooh, she's a bad girl. So 
yeah, she's she's starting to get more impulses. She's telling her dad that she's been having bad thoughts and she's starting to feel weird. And dad just keeps telling her, oh, you got to you got to stuff it down. You got to just fight through it. I'll just say right now, there is no chemistry at all between any of these three, between um, Charlie, Vicky and Andy, the, the mom, the dad and the daughter. So that kind of takes us out of it right away. Like their chemistry sucks in the beginning and it gets like a little bit better as uh, Charlie and Andy kind of because the mom dies. I'll get to that. <laughs> she dies. But yeah, there's just there's nothing there. It's so so it's not you know, that's a big ding right there. Uh, then we go to like the opening credit scene, which I thought was actually done pretty effectively. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Dawn of the Dead, where there's just like kind of like like a lot of jump cuts and stuff of what's going on. And it is showing us in these credits that when Andy and Vicky were in college, they decided to, for whatever reason, they don't really tell you why. I'm guessing just money and, you know, they're college kids. They need money. So they take part in this like shady experiment where they're going to the doctors tell them it's like, hey, we're going to give you this. Uh, we're going to try this serum on you and you might get you might develop telekinetic powers. <laughs> like, could you imagine if someone came up and said that to you? And it's like, well, there might be. Some, I'll fucking take it, um, which actually, um, you know, I, I don't know if I would leads me to if you could be telekinetic, would you want to? And I mean, in the sense that like, if you could hear what other people were always thinking and saying about you, I, I fucking couldn't do it. No way. I'm, I'm much happier with people um, bullshitting me and telling me I'm the greatest human alive than uh, actually hearing what they really have to say about me. So anyway, um, but yeah, you see uh, more of other test patients going on and there's fucking people going crazy. Like it's all it's really sketchy. It's old like videotape, you know, footage and whatnot, security footage. And there's like one per one woman like rips her own eyeballs out. And <laughs> so it, it's pretty crazy. And it also reminded me a little bit of um, uh, what the hell is that movie called? Um, Event Horizon. Sorry. Where they show you like the scene of all the crazy fucking shit that happened on there. And there's like people getting ripped apart and it's all fucked up. So kind of remind me of that. So the opening credits I thought were actually very effective. So what happened though with uh, this experiment is that dad, he got, um, well, he got like more, he can, he has, he has a thing where he can push. And what he does is he looks into your eyes. He has to be looking into your eyes and he can just tell you what to do. So it's one of those, it's basically mind control. He can tell people to do whatever he wants. And this is kind of like throughout his life, how he has gotten where he is. However, the family's in a bad position, but he still makes money as he says a life coach. But yeah, you see in the beginning, like a woman comes in and she's trying to quit smoking and he just looks her in the eyes, you know, and he tells her, he's like, you will quit smoking. Smoking is fucking disgusting. It's going to kill you. Da, da, da. I wish he would do this to me. That'd be great. And he snaps out of it. So it's almost like she's hypnotized and she wakes. You know, she's just like, oh, are we done? You know, like, I, I feel great. And, and you know, she pays him and leaves and everything. So <clears throat> it is shady, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, dude, if this works, you know, if he could not to get all fucking crazy, but like if you could just say to like a horrible person, like a fucking like a, a child abuser or something, it's like you're going to stop doing this shit because you're a piece of shit. And then you're going to go turn yourself into the police. That guy would fucking do exactly that. So um, and then the mom has more of um, she can actually just like kind of move things with her mind and she can she can also read minds, too. So 
Uh, Charlie's is more just a pyrokinetic where she can literally just fucking shoot flames from herself, but she has to be really pissed off to do it. So that's the thing. She uh, she learns more towards the end of the movie how to harness it and how to actually control it. But she learns this in like a day. We see her practicing a little bit. I'll get to that. But anyway, so pretty good opening. Um, <clears throat> I like with Andy how when he does the the push, what he calls it, he does this thing where he like cracks his neck to the side. It's like, you know, and that's when you it's it's kind of weird. It's like you think of a glow stick, how it's dormant, but then you have to you have to snap the thing, like crack it to make the juices like start going. So it actually lights up. That's what it seemed like to me, like cracks his neck. And that's almost like the power switch, the on off. <clears throat> then he can start, you know, he looks in your eyes and can tell you whatever the hell to do. So um however we do see though that this is starting and it seems like this is something that didn't always happen he's starting to get nosebleeds and then sometimes like even from like his eyes he's bleeding a little bit so this is clearly taking a toll on him um we find out that charlie's parents uh vicky and andy they do not let her use any kind of social media like no screens no internet no tv no nothing so She's at school and, you know, she's she's getting shit for everything. She's getting picked on and she's getting bullied. And this is part of it, like, because they're doing a, a lesson and she has no idea how to do it. <clears throat> she tells her teacher, oh, you know, that that's the devil's stuff. That's for bad people, but screens, you know, because this is what she's been taught at home. So she's getting picked on. And the teacher's trying to tell her, it's like, well, you know, for schoolwork, though, it's okay. So Charlie's pissed about this. We find out later that they're not letting her use any of this because they're... Well, because they can be tracked by the government, as we know we can. We all can with our, well, I'm not going to get into it. But um, so that, that's actually what they're doing. The family is using zero technology just to stay off the grid. Um, we find out that Charlie's powers have been at bay for three years now. So we don't know what happened when she was eight years old, but it looks like maybe she had a, quote, explosion <laughs> at that time. And uh, now it's starting to come back to her. So. We know that the mom does not use her powers, <clears throat> and Andy actually shittily says at one point, he's just like, well, you'd know if you ever used your powers, and it's like, fuck you, dude. She's trying to, like, be good. She's not scamming people, and again, like I said, if he's doing it effectively, it's pretty great, his power, but we do see some things later on in the movie where he actually can be a fucking evil bastard, too, so... Uh, Charlie's at school and, you know, if you're, if you don't really watch Stephen King movies or read any of his stuff, bullies, 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 it is something that all of his damn movies have. And they're usually like fucking horrible sociopathic, like preteens. So in this movie, it's more just she's at school and they're like playing dodgeball. And there's this little fucking asshole who we saw earlier in the movie he just like whips a dodgeball at her head from like four feet away. And like, no, oh, the teachers have no problem with this. They see it happen. And it's more just like, a, oh, but it's like, dude, in dodgeball, especially in in grade school and even professional dodgeball, like you're you, you can't throw it at people's heads. That's why I like the movie dodgeball is bullshit. Like, it's funny. It's a fucking hilarious movie. But. It's just, um, yeah, it's kind of unrealistic. So anyway, she uh, she gets pissed off and she runs off. And uh, such a funny run. I wish I could show it. And I feel bad making fun of this little girl, how she runs. But it is so, it's so funny. It's at 1758 if you're watching the movie. But anyway, um, 
so yeah, she runs into the bathroom, and this is kind of like in Teen Wolf when when Scotty, uh, fuck, I forgot his last name, but uh, Michael J. Fox's character when he's starting to turn into a wolf, this girl's doing the same thing. She's her powers are starting because she's pissed off. She's pissed at this kid, and she's pissed at everyone else for picking on her all the time. So she goes into the bathroom. The teacher comes in and. She's looking for, and the bathroom is just like, you can see it's like starting to like kind of melt on the side. You're seeing it's getting hot. And then all of a sudden the bathroom stall that she's in, the door just fucking blows out. Pretty cool scene, actually. And the teacher's just fucking flung like 50, not 50 feet. She's in a bathroom. She flies back about five feet and she hits the wall and she's like, holy shit. So <clears throat> we um, were, we're at the school. Now the parents had to come pick her up because obviously they don't know what happened. They don't know that this little girl can fucking shoot fire. They just think she made a bomb or something like that. You know, they're like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, there's a, a funny thing I like when the, the principal's talking and he's like, well, the explosion and the mom's just like, please don't call it an explosion. It makes her sound like a terrorist. And then the teacher just like fucking shittily back at the mom. She's like, the bathroom stall exploded. What would you like us to call it? I just, I love that. Cause the mom just kind of comes off like, mm-hmm, like she's being a Karen. And then the teacher's like, no, your fucking kid blew up the goddamn stall. That's why we called it an explosion. So uh, the family now after this happens, because like there's, there's the police were involved. There's media coming in, seeing what happened at the school. And they decide that they're going to have to go back on the run. So uh, Charlie gets kind of pissed off and um, she sets her mom's arms on fire. Uh, I think this was her kind of wanting to do it. But at the same time, when it's happening, she's freaking the fuck out. And the parents don't have any kind of like superhuman power ability where they can like withstand this kind of stuff. This mom's arms literally are just fucking baking. And it's pretty much like from her elbows down. She's just got them out in front of her and, the, you know, dad helps. He gets them put out and everything. But her her arms are pretty fucking nasty looking. I, I no joke. It looks like a bacon wrapped anything because it just looks like pieces of bacon. Like, I don't know. It, to me, it look it sounds it probably sounds really stupid, but I thought it looked awesome. I think they did a, a good job with that. So uh, they put the fire out and then it's, you know, mom understands, she know that's her daughter and she knows what she's capable of, but it's still just like, we, what, what the fuck are we going to do here? You know, she can, she has, she could potentially fucking destroy, kill. She could take over this world. I mean, like fire is just, <laughs> you don't fuck with fire. That's your lesson for the day, kids. You don't fuck with fire. So we are then introduced to a character named uh Rainbird, who is, He's he gets a call from this woman who we, we find out her name is Detective Hollister. She's in charge of this place called actually see this is one thing I know about the original too. The the lab that they work out of is called the shop. I don't know if that's what it's called in this movie, I assume, but they never I don't think they say the name. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Who who knows? <laughs> I did watch this movie twice. I had to watch this movie twice because I watched it and then after I told Heather, hey, I'll just review this movie. I did watch it again. So watching it twice, though, I don't think they they said that. So we'll just call it uh, the shop, I guess. So this woman, Detective Hollister, she calls this dude and she's like, hey, I want to reactivate you. So it's like, OK, he's like an agent. He works for this company. And it seems to me like he is some kind of like a bounty hunter. You know, he's got to go track this girl down because they know they finally found her. They were able to spot her. The good thing is, is that they're conveniently close enough that, you know, it's like, oh, hey, uh, we need you to go get this girl. 
we've been looking all over the world for her, but turns out she's like an hour away. So it's fine. Now the family does travel though. And, or they, they try to get away and they get pulled back, but I'll get to that. So anyway, um, the, the, the thing that was kind of just a, like, a, I guess this is kind of a fuck up for them. Charlie calls the police because her mom's arms are on fire. You know, I, I forgot to mention it then. And the, the parents are telling her, no, 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 stop doing it. Stop doing it. So she calls 911 and the dad like comes over and hangs up the phone. So like many hours later, in which which is just unrealistic this day and age too, because it's like, and I hate to say it, it's a white family that called, you know? So it's like, usually the police are there in a matter of fucking minutes. Um, this is more just a, like in scary movie, uh, the first one, when uh cindy's getting chased by the thing and she goes to her computer and types and it's like white woman being attacked and it's like use right when she hits send there's already like three cop cars at her house so uh but this this detective or this police officer she just comes by she's like hey i'm just checking on a 911 call mom's like oh no everything's fine but uh and the but the detective showed it's like dark out now she showed up like two or three hours later i'm guessing so it was kind of stupid and it was this is a pointless scene. It doesn't really lead to anything except, um, you know, the police being involved, I guess. But there is uh, throughout this movie, I can't describe uh, exactly talk about the scenes, but there's a lot of bad editing. There are a lot of ineffective scares, you know, like them trying to either either or certain characters like Detective Hollister, who's like so over the top and sucks at acting. Uh, I, I believe I've seen this woman before. I just, I couldn't remember what I saw her in, but in this movie, she's just such a badass, <laughs> and yeah, it just gets kind of old quickly, but, um, like, so the, the guy Rainbird, the, the, uh, sniper guy or whatever, the, the assassin that's coming to, to get Charlie, he's, uh, he shows up at their house and this is when Charlie and Andy went out to go see a movie. So the mom's there by herself and, you know, she hears like the a door open or she can sense it. She can sense that someone's in the house and like all of a sudden she turns around and this dude's sitting in a chair in her house, like in a rocking chair. And you're supposed to be like, oh, that's spooky. But it's like they don't do anything to like make this a scary scene. So it's like the camera just pans around. It's like, oh, oh that guy's here. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not like, oh, no. It's I mean, obviously, you know, he's there to do bad things or whatever, but it's just the way they introduce him or they, that they kind of try to spook you like, Oh, he's in the house. It's not scary. It doesn't work. So anyway, uh, we find out too, that he has powers because he comes up to her and he's like, what you think you're the only one who has powers before college students like you, they used to use lab rats. So apparently he's one of these lab rats and you find out you don't know exactly what the extent of his powers are, but they're very similar to basically this whole family minus the firepower. So he can kind of do like what the mom and the uh, the dad do, it seems like. Um, at this point, too, I just had to point out again, like how bad Zac Efron is at being a dad. <laughs> and I don't mean the character like, oh, what a shithead. Like he's kind of an asshole, too. But it's like Zac Efron just needs more practice with kids, I think, because he just isn't believable at all as this girl's dad and they're in a tough situation. So he kind of has to be like frantic and whatnot, but it just doesn't, I don't know. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't see any kind of uh, good familial, um, you know, relation there or whatever. So 
Andy and Charlie get home from, uh, they went, like I said, they went to go get ice cream and uh, go to a movie. They get home and this guy Rainbird, or actually Andy gets home or they, they walk in and Andy can tell that something's wrong. They don't see the mom, whatever. So he's kind of walking around the house, checking things out. He tells her to go put on her pajamas. He gets back in the living room and this guy Rainbird is standing with Charlie. He has like a knife to her throat or whatever. And it's kind of cool. It looks funny at first, but like then you realize that it's actually smart on this guy's point. He's standing behind like a hanging light bulb. So his eyes are covered. And then he's also covering Charlie's eyes because he knows that this is how the dad can get people to do things. Even with little Charlie, he could look in her eyes and just be like, hey, fucking blow this dude up. You know, so he could probably just tell her to do that, too, though. I think if she got pissed off enough, it would work. So then we find out that, like, yeah, Charlie's starting to get, you know, she's she's starting to, like, shake and everything. And dad's telling this guy, he's like, dude, let her, let her go, man. You don't want to see what happens when she gets pissed off. And so you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. This guy knows, though. He knows what's going to happen. So he's but he's still being like, all right, he's kind of backing off a little bit. And as Charlie's getting more pissed off, like the house is kind of like what happened in the bathroom. Like it's getting super, super hot. There's certain things in the house that are melting. And then specifically, there's like a latch on a little like a like a hutch or like an armoire that starts to melt. And then it opens up. Or no, no, I'm sorry. It's a cabinet. It's it, because it opens up and there's like a washer and dryer. It's just like they're tucked into the wall, you know, and the mom's laying on top of them and just like rolls out and falls off onto the ground dead. You're like, what the fuck? Like, she's dead? Like, I mean, like, I, I I wouldn't put it beyond them, but he doesn't, you don't see her die, which is like really, you know, like ineffective because she's in the way she rolls out, like, you don't, there's no cut on her throat or anything or a bullet in her head or anything. It's just like, she's fucking dead, huh? He killed her off screen. And it's like, we're supposed to care or feel anything. Cause yeah, I didn't. That's the thing. When she's dead, I just kind of more smirked. It's like, okay, good. One more terrible character to get out of this movie so yeah they fucking freak out or charlie does the house basically blows up but her and um her and uh dad are able to get away and so they they pretty much go on there they're on the run for a little bit they're hitchhiking and all this stuff and um at, at one point heather you're gonna hate this if you're listening charlie is they go to a hotel and she's just walking around you know and she goes out and there's like a little cat course you already know what's going to happen immediately so it's like an ineffective part it's more just like fuck you for doing this but she, there's this little cat and of course she's a little girl she doesn't know any better she, she bends down she's like hey kitty and she wants to play with it and things just like Row, you know and it scratches her and then we just hear like <laughs> and she just fucking cooks this cat but you know because they have to it's a horror movie it's a in this they're really begging for you know like any kind of uh, let's make this movie as nasty as we can this cat's not dead though it's like they show it and the thing is half burnt and it's still alive and the dad just comes over and it's like a huh, whoops like kind of his response it's like charlie what'd you do and she's like i'm sorry dad i got upset because the cat scratched me and he's like well, you know, you got to put it out of its misery. It's just such a dumb scene. I mean, like you, you would have thought he'd be like, Charlie, what the fuck? You know, I understand he's trying to like, you, you don't want this girl to get worked up, but it's like, oh, well, you know, you got to put it out of its misery, which that stupid line there will come back later to kind of be like, a oh, like a plot point. So anyway, she she finishes off the cat and it's just we don't have to see 
I, we do though. I mean, like they show the cat laying on the ground burning. It's like, fuck. But when she finishes it off, it's just like her point of view. And yeah, so fuck you guys for that. But anyway, um, so now we're introduced to Kirkwood Smith. If you're unfamiliar, he is the dad from, um, actually, if you were unfamiliar, you would still have no idea who I'm talking about. If you're unfamiliar with the name Kirkwood Smith, he is the dad from uh, that 70s show. He was also in uh, like the main bad guy in the first RoboCop movie. I think he's in Total Recall also. Awesome like 80s dickhead bad guy villain. And he's also kind of a dickhead villain in um, <laughs> that 70s show. Nah, he's not a villain, but he is a prick on that show. But anyway... Um, uh, Captain Hollister, she goes to this guy. He was like at a, I don't know. He's like a, a doctor, I guess. So they, I don't know if they go to a hospital or to like a psych ward is what it seems like because she has to go and like be let in to talk to this guy. But he's the guy that created the, the serum and he knows what these people are capable of. So it's kind of, she, you know, like the, the 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 detective needs his help and she's like, well, you created it. So maybe you can create something to stop her. And he's basically just like, no, 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 they, this kid's, you know, well, you're all fucked. You're going to die. This kid like he can't can't not say it enough times, like how bad this situation is. Like, we don't know. So I don't know why the fuck he's in this movie. Um, so anyway, back to uh, Andy and Charlie, they're hitchhiking. They get picked up by uh, this dude and Andy uses his fucking his abilities here. He just looks in the guy, you know, because the guy's like, oh, you you guys, you need help. And they're like, yeah, we're trying to get to Boston. He's like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not going that way. So he's like, hey, well, how about I pay for your gas? And the guy's still like, well, you know, I got other things to do. Da da da. And he just he does the, 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 the push where he, you know, he cracks his neck a little bit. And then he looks in his eyes and he's like, you're going to take us to Boston for 20 bucks. And he's holding a $20 bill, but then they show his point of view and it's only a dollar, but the guy's seeing it as $20. So he's, or 50 or, or no, no, I'm sorry. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah. $20 isn't that enticing. So yeah, he sees a hundred dollar bill, but it's actually only a dollar. So he's like, yeah, of course I'm not above taking a bill. So he grabs it. They get in the car and they drive back to this dude's house. So this is like a pointless thing. He's got, you know, you find out this this guy it looks like he's a, or he does. He's talking about how, how he has to get back to his wife. But we haven't seen the wife yet. Charlie's like fucking around. She's in the yard just like being nosy and stuff. And she notices there's a window like kind of cracked. So she goes over and checks. And there's a woman like in a hospital bed. It looks like she's in like hospice who's like basically like a vegetable. But she can she's looking out the window at Charlie. Charlie like so stupid she like clumsily falls through the window like into the room so the the guy hears this and he goes he's fucking flips out and he's freaking out you know he's like i told you not to touch anything and no 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 it's like one of those weird things where it's like you know you see in movies where like the husband or the wife have the other one like chained up in a room or some weird shit like that it's like no this woman's just dying and why didn't you just tell them right away? It's like, hey, just so you know, don't go in this room. My wife is in there and she's very close to death. I want her to be, you know, just be at peace and whatnot instead of trying to hide it. And then when the little girl just happens to like wander into this room, it's like, oh, no, no, no you know, freaking out and getting pissed off. And they're just like, all right, fine, fuck it, we'll leave. And the guy's like, no, 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 no you don't have to leave. I'm sorry, I overreacted. And he he tells us what happened. You know, the wife, she was a victim of a hit and run. And she's, yeah, she's basically a vegetable. So, 
this what I was watching. I just I actually had to write this down. It was just like, hey, Efron, fucking wake up. Just because I mean, like he's it just seems like his character is on Valium. Like, like I said, I mean, like I like Zac Efron, but in this movie, he's just like. And he was actually good in that um, he did. It was a Netflix movie. It was a really long title. It was like wickedly cruel and da 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 and all this stuff. But he was Ted Bundy. And I think it was Ted Bundy, right? The the really charming one that was like his own lawyer and everything, the serial killer. He played him and he played him great. I mean, like, or at least I don't know much about that, the actual human, but I guess he was really charming and fucking good looking and uh, he, you know, he had the jury like laughing a bunch. So he was great in that, I guess, horror movie, if you will. Um, but pretty good movie, but they don't really show you all the good stuff until the very, very end. But anyway, uh, back to this, this film, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah, he's just, uh, again, it's, I don't know. I just see, he, he kind of sucks in this movie. So we find out that, uh, in, in a flashback scene, Charlie was taken at a very early age when she was a baby. So she's, they shows her and there's like a dude in a car holding her. And apparently this is like a police, uh, like an agent or something that is him and his partner are taking her probably to another family or they're going to take her to a lab to be tested on all this shit. So Zach Efron, uh, dad, Andy, he just walks up to the window and he looks at the guy and he's just like, you know, he looks him in the eyes and he's like, hand me the girl. So she, he gives the the baby over to him. And then he's like, when your partner gets back, you're going to shoot him in the chest and then you're going to forget how to breathe. So that was actually a pretty fucked up scene. Cause yeah, the, 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 the partner just comes right. He's like, Hey buddy. Uh, uh, and the guy just pulls out his gun and shoots him right in the fucking sternum, you know? So the dude, like that guy's dead. And then the other one, just, you see him get out of his car as Andy's walking away with Charlie, you know? And again, this is a flashback when she was a baby. So it was like 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. Um, this guy, you just see him in the back start like choking, which was like pretty effective as when, I mean, you just think of suffocating. It's a horrible fucking thing to even think about me being asthmatic. That, that scares me even more sometimes. So when it's like when I really need my inhaler, but it's not anything we've never seen before. So that's another thing about this movie. There are a lot of scenes that I feel like we're just kind of ripped off of other movies uh, there's a scene later where uh, the, the the police like get to the house and there's like a big like they're they're kind of overtaking everyone and it reminded me of uh, the X Men movie when they're at <laughs> well same thing I guess well they're at Iceman's house telling his parents and then like his little brother called the police so there's like a big like thing on the front lawn and it's all dramatic and there's fire too because the character Pyro but anyway so yeah just a lot of stuff and like I said before the intro reminded me of Dawn of the Dead and um other stuff like event horizon so um andy and charlie are now on the news and the guy who picked them up i forgot his name he just he's watching it's all over the news so he sees this happening and um they're they're spinning it on the news like all these people they they killed they're saying that they killed the mom and then they went on the run and so he has to come in and try to convince this guy that no we're not uh that's that's not us you know we're I mean, like it is them. He knows by the pictures, but he's trying to tell the guy. He's like, listen, he's like, I did not abduct my daughter. Does she look like she's in any kind of peril? Which I love that part because you never see in movies when people are just like, all right, fuck it. Let's be rational here. All right, let's think about what's happening. See my daughter over there? Is she in any way, shape or form? I know she could be brainwashed or something like that. You know, it could be like a 
uh, a weird situation. But I just like that he just tries to reason with him like that instead of like, no, come on, you got to believe me. You got to believe us. Come on, we're good people. We're fine. I mean, he's just like, dude, fucking let's let's think about this logically. So anyway, um, one thing I noticed. Uh, so this guy, uh, the guy who picks him up, he's drunk as fuck. Um, I could go back and look at his name. I'll do that real quick because I keep forgetting his name in the movie is uh, Irv. That's yeah, that's right, Irv. Yeah, this actor I've seen in a bunch of stuff too. Um, the actor is uh, what do we got? Uh, John Beasley. So look him up. You've you've probably seen him in a bunch of shit as I have. So anyway, this guy's really drunk though at this point because I think he's upset too that they stumbled in upon his wife and everything. Now, there's nothing wrong going on, but the beer he's drinking is called Aya. It's A U A Y U H. And from me being a Stephen King fan, that's a very popular thing, like on the East Coast, I guess, or at least Stephen King in his books. And that's like a way of saying like, oh, yeah, the so people are like, ah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that, that that's what the beer was called. Um, and so Charlie comes in, though, when this guy, you know, because he's he's trying to stop Andy and he's like, you fucking wife murderer, I'm going to take you. You know, and he's like falling all over the place, knocking beer cans over. It's like kind of a pathetic scene. But Charlie comes into the room and she just tells him she's like, your wife forgives you. You know, so it's one of those kind of dumb things that you've seen so many times where it's like there's the person who feels guilty about it. And then it's like the angel or the spirit talks to the person. It's like they just want you to know that they forgive you. They know it wasn't your fault. And then the person has to like cry. Like, well, how did you know that? I cry. So it's, it's, it's just as dumb there. And you find out that apparently it wasn't a hit and run. It was this fucking asshole was driving the truck. And I, I don't know that I, I don't remember if she says anything, like if it was a, a drunk driving accident or something like that. But this guy Irv was driving the truck that, put his wife in a coma or whatever, like basically being a vegetable. And she's like, yeah, she forgives you. And da da da. so the guy, uh, all of a sudden you start seeing police showing up and you find out that the guy Irv, he's like, I did call the police. I'm sorry, but, but don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to cover for you. And he's fucking hammered. And even like Andy's just like, well, he's like, what are you going to say? You know, what are you going to do? He's like, don't worry. I'll, I'll cover for you. So he goes out front and he's just like all hammered and, he basically gets these guys to um, to kind of like the police. He gets them to to back off. They're about to because he tells him he's like, hey, I'm really sorry. I've been drinking all day. I thought I saw this guy. You know, I, I had my my wife, Bessie, I think her name is. I had her in mind. And it's a small town. So the sheriff knows like who the guy is and everything. And he's like, all right. But then all of a sudden, these these police officers just start getting sniped, like through the head, through the back, whatever. So the guy Rainbird, who we talked about a while ago, he is the one that is uh, hunting them. He's taken the the cops out, and then there's a confrontation. Uh, Andy gets Charlie to like he's just like you're gonna have to just leave me. Don't worry about it. We'll meet up again at some point. And he just tells her to run. So she just books like through the the, the other way, like out the back door. Uh, Rainbird's in the front of the house, so he's not seeing where she's going. But Andy goes out there, and he just like kind of causes a distraction, and he's like. He's trying to use this thing, uh, the the force or the push thing on the guy. But then like more agents show up. There's like three or four cars and they put in these like special contact lenses, which in this movie seemed kind of dumb because this movie seems really like 
pretty i mean for a movie where people have like superpowers in the lab and all this stuff i mean like there's nothing really like sci-fi about it but then all of a sudden they put these things and it's like like these contact lenses that go in and they're like all like scientific and they i don't know it's it's kind of cool i guess because they're like hey we figured out a way to combat this guy to where he can't get to our eyes or whatever i guess sunglasses don't work i don't know i mean these must be some special special uh contact lenses but anyway so these guys they're and it's funny like andy starts doing the the neck crack thing and his eye starts bleeding and he's like looking at this guy he's like sorry asshole it's not gonna work or whatever and then he fucking gun butts him so uh rainbird and the dad they get uh like accosted whatever arrested i don't know but but these agents uh they take them away and yeah charlie just she's we see that she's totally gone she got away she escaped into the woods so I want to talk back about Captain Hollister because this is where she's doing her like her tough guy shit with Andy. Like, where's your daughter? She sucks. Oh, my God. She sucks. Like if anyone I'll get to get to it in what I'm watching. But in uh, the new Obi-Wan series, there is a new character called Inquisitor Riva, who is the same way. She's like got to act so fucking tough and in the process just puts out shitty acting. So um but yeah i just i so th that character sucks so uh the dad we we think we we see that the dad is able to communicate still though with charlie through his like telepathy and he's telling her where she is uh it's it, she is in the woods and this is where she's kind of practicing like controlling her power so i said before it's like oh it's like a day later but no it's maybe like two or three days later tops i'd say but it just shows her and she's doing this in the most wonderful place to practice your fucking fire powers in the middle of a forest. There's literally a scene where like bushes start on fire and then it just cuts back to like, okay, let's just go back to her practicing this. It's like, no, I want to talk about those fucking bushes that are on fire because this whole forest is going to go up in flames in about, you know, 10 minutes. But you know, conveniently that that's, oh, that's not a problem. So she's just like sitting Indian style. And there is a, a small area. Actually, it's a big area where there's no trees around there where she's practicing this. But like, like I said before, I mean, the part before this is her just practicing on things. Now she actually decided it's like, okay, I'm just going to make like a campfire. So she sets up sticks in the middle and she's just going to focus on that. But either way, she's still in a fucking forest with like, dead ass leaves everywhere and those things catch quickly so all of this stuff would just uh, i don't know it just seems kind of dumb i know she's a little kid but so you can't like blame the character for doing that but it's like there's got to be some repercussions for her doing this in the fucking middle of the woods when she is like a fire bomb like when she still doesn't know how to control these powers so that was kind of dumb um so she's she's going uh she's going to her dad, you know, she's just walking down the street. She's like heading that way, I guess, or I don't know how she knows where to go. But like these bullies come back, you know, from earlier in the movie and they're riding their bikes and they start doing the thing where they're riding circles around her. And it's like, what's wrong with your stupid face Ugh, and all this shit. And then she just does because uh, she has mind powers, too. I guess we find out she has the fire one, but she can also um, she, she got her mom's power where she can. Um, well, I guess the dad's power, too. Or more the dad's power, but she doesn't have to do the eye thing. I don't think she doesn't crack her neck, but she's looking at these kids. And then it's like, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it's like, 
the next scene we see is she's got one kid's bike and then all, all three kids are standing there like with their bikes gone. And one kid's like stripped down to his underwear because Charlie took his clothes. And it's like, I don't know if she's in hiding or whatever, but I don't think the clothes really matter. But anyway, it's just like a dumb See, These kids are still in the trance. She's like, where's the where's the coast? And they're all like confused. She's like, the water, you idiots. Where's the coast? So that was kind of funny. And then like they all three of them just like point up like kind of mindless zombies. But this is like an, a, a dumb, unnecessary scene. Like for her to get a bike, that's how we had to do it. It's like, oh, let's bring these stupid bullies back in that suck anyway. So yeah, it's it's highly ineffective. It's just like the, the bullies in this movie. It's like, ugh, I don't know. I, I guess it's better that these kids are more just like throwing dodgeballs at her head instead of the unbelievable ones like Henry Bowers who fucking bring switchblades to school and are literally trying to murder fucking kids. Um, Henry Bowers, by the way, is probably the worst bully in the Stephen King lore, but there are some other unbelievably just over the top, but like good ones like... um. Uh, what the hell's his name? Ace Merrill from like Stand By Me and Needful Things. And then also uh, Buddy Repperton from Christine. Uh, these are just a few, not to get on a rant, but anyway. So uh, Charlie does make her way to the facility. Uh, she starts off by, there's a, there's a dude who's in his car. She sneaks in the car with him and she's like, give me your badge, give me your gun, all this stuff. This guy, he's like, I don't have a gun. I'm not an agent. She's like, it says right here on your badge that you're an agent. He's like, well, no, I'm a, I'm a scientist. They, they make all of us wear the da da. He's like reaching for his gun, and she just, she just fucking firebombs this guy because she kind of figured out her powers now. So that's convenient and good. But um, this guy, it's funny. Like after she fucking does this, the dude like, you know, he like turns around and half his fucking face is melted off, and she's like. I don't want to hurt anyone. It's like, look what you just fucking did, kid. This guy's fucking dead. <laughs> you know, he's frying on. This is pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Um, special effects too with uh the the burn stuff in here. So that's cool. So when she gets to the lab, she finds her dad, and and he's like, Charlie, what the hell are you doing here? You know, and she conveniently sneaks her way through. She's being like surveyed or surveilled. I don't know. She's like the surveillance cameras. But like she's like eluding everyone and this it just seems really dumb because it's like how th this guy's fucking watching her on the monitor. Like, why aren't there? Why haven't like 50 guards? But I mean, maybe because they know what she's capable of. But anyway, so she finds her dad and she's like, oh, well, you told me to come. And he's like, I would never tell you to come here. So then you find out that it was the other guy, Rainbird, that summoned her, that he communicated with her somehow and said, come, you know, save us. So. Uh, Captain Hollister, because she's, she's, you know, she's standing behind the dad when Charlie gets there and she keeps getting close to the dad, like hugging him basically. And she's like, don't do it because she knows if Charlie starts her on fire, the dad's going to die too, because she's literally right next to him. And like I said, they're not, uh, they're not like, uh, fireproof the mom, the mom and the dad. So, um, <laughs> Charlie's like. She says to the, the, the captain, she's like, you do bad things here. I can feel it. And it's like, oh, you can feel it, huh? It's like, you're a special kid. You could also just use your fucking eyes and see it. It's like, you've, they've got your dad, you know, strapped to a chair and he's clearly sedated. It's like, 
uh, I can feel you're doing bad things. It's like, that's funny, kid, because I can fucking see it. <laughs> so it was just like kind of dumb, like with the, uh, no, like her rationale for like, I don't think this is a good place. It's like, no, it's not. And you fucking know it's not because your parents have been telling you about it your whole life. So, uh, so dad does the eye thing with uh, Charlie. He uses the push. He just does the neck crack. And he's like, I'm really sorry, but he just he tells her he's like fucking burn this place down burn me burn whatever so she burns dad dad fucking goes up in flames and he takes out uh captain hollister as well so they're both dead and you're just like oh man good <laughs> more people out of this movie so um after that happens a, a really 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 cool scene and really cool effective um part happens where charlie pulls her hood up and you're like, ooh, damn, she put her hood on, man. So it's like, fuck. And, you know, the music's like. So she's she goes through these hallways and she's fucking blowing everyone away. Like she's just fucking like with her flame powers, you know, just killing motherfuckers. She's using her for her push now to make uh like these two uh security guys come down and they got their guns drawn. She makes them both just fucking turn on each other and shoot each other at the same time. So it's just crazy. I mean, like, it's pure mayhem. A lot of people are getting burned and stuff. Uh, then the dude, Rainbird, he gets free from his cell because she uh, she unlocks, like, all the doors at this place for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why she felt the need to do that because it's like, uh, you kind of, maybe just to fuck with the with the people, just to let all these, uh, these patients out that they're testing and working on and whatnot. So... She's being attacked. Uh, Charlie, actually, there's like a bunch of dudes who come up with and yep, you guessed it. Flame retardant suits. So she is literally shooting fucking powerful fireballs out. It's not like she's just shooting fire. I mean, like even just the power of fire alone, though, would be knocking these motherfuckers back like they'd be flying back as she's shooting fireballs at them. But Nope, they have flame retardant suits on, so they just walk right through everything. And I understand that, yes, they, they wouldn't be burning, but I'm just saying the sheer force of her shooting these projectile fireballs at them, it would be knocking them back. It wouldn't just be like, oh, well, we have suits on, so we're impervious to, like, force, too. So, um, but then again, like we saw, you know, a little bit ago in the movie, these dudes that are about to get the girl, they just start getting sniped. Shot in the head, shot in the back, shot in the leg. And it's Rainbird again, who who, who keeps fucking giving this guy a sniper rifle. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he, um, you know, he gets away. Uh, he, uh, him and Charlie. Actually, Charlie, she knows that this is the guy who, who killed her mom. And so she starts to like cook him, basically. He's like, you know, he's getting like, uh, like, and he knows it's coming. Like he deserves it or whatever. But then she just stops and she's like, all right. And then they leave the facility or she leaves the facility and she's outside and she's all sad and she's crying because she doesn't know what to do. You know, her parents are dead. What the fuck do I do from here? And then, you know, Rainbird finds her on like a beach and he just reaches his hand out to her. She takes it and then the two walk away. And what the fuck? Like all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, you're my ally now. It's like, why? Fucking like you could have you could have still taken out those dudes with the the flame retardant suits on somehow. I don't know. But I mean, like, yeah, he saved her. But it's like he still killed your mom. And he's the reason like, you, you know, I don't know. It's so it was just kind of stupid. And, and it just that's it. it the movie's over. Um, the two of them walk off. He just walks off carrying her. And I guess they're going to go 
have adventures somewhere else. And I did read somewhere that it's like, oh, how it leaves it open for a sequel. This fucking movie is not getting a sequel. If it gets a sequel, it'll be straight to, well, Peacock, I guess. <laughs> maybe just Peacock, maybe not the movie theaters. But this movie does not deserve a sequel and it doesn't need a sequel. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of laying my cards on the table. Uh, I'm going to go out a little out of order here. Uh, for, actually, you know what? I, I guess I'll just do the regular stuff. So my what the fuck moment for this movie was uh, the mom's arms. Like I talked about how they looked like bacon covered arms, I guess. Uh, but yeah, really effective. Uh, and the the gore and the like the fire burning scenes and stuff. The cat one. I guess that could kind that kind of helps it a little bit if you're like an animal enthusiast or if you just love animals. It it doesn't look very good, so you could you could watch it and be like, okay, that you could tell that's a fake cat. But the special effects, like the burning effects on the people, look awesome. So I'll give the movie that much. But yeah, ma, uh, mom's arms when they're just and you just say I've <laughs> many times in my drinking days had burned myself. I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. I, where I have had like burns where I've had to go to the doctor. Um, I don't drink anymore, um, for reasons, uh, like that, not to get into it, but anyway, um, so that, that, yeah, I've, I know. And, and then anyone, I mean, like, fuck, if you, if you touch like a waffle iron, that shit hurts for a fucking week. So, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty effective. I thought it looked really cool with the burn stuff. Uh, my favorite part of the movie and this was more this is more kind of like a slap to the face of the movie is when Charlie has to kill her dad and Detective Hollister just because I thought both of these characters fucking sucked. So I was more just like satisfied to see them both die. So um, that was my favorite part of the movie. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to give this movie a, a solid D. I'm going to give it the D. I'm going to give it the D. That's creepy. Sorry. Um, this movie is boring. It's. I mean, even when there's like cool like fire effects and stuff, and which by the way, the fireball effects actually look pretty stupid. The fire like blasts look cool, but like when Charlie actually projectile like blah, like a fireball, it looks really bad. Like it looks like something cosmic almost. Like it, it, it looks pretty shitty. But the acting in this movie all around is pretty bleh. Like there's people in this movie I've seen. Like even the guy, um, I think he's like Michael Gray Eyes. Was that his name? He uh, he's he plays Rainbird. I just saw him recently in the show Rutherford Falls, which the show itself wasn't that great, but I thought he was really good in it. And um, he's he's a really good actor. And then the guy who played Irv, he's been in a bunch of stuff, too. Again, look these characters up. You'll know all of them and just be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And, and Zach Efron, who I like. But again, like all of these actors that in mind, they still weren't very good. And then Kirkwood Smith, who, uh, you know, the dad from that 70s show. He was just unnecessarily in this movie. It was like, oh, is that like, well, I mean, Afron's still, obviously, he's still a pretty big actor. But this guy, it's like, what do you have to pay to bring, you know, like that guy into this for no fucking reason at all? So, um, yeah, just, just, I don't know. I would pass on this movie. If you're listening to this podcast, I just told you about the movie. You don't need to go watch it unless... Like I said before, if you want to watch the part where the girl runs away, it's so funny. I'm sorry. Again, I hate making fun of like a 10-year-old a girl, how she runs, but it is so funny. You have to check it out. It's like, what did I say, 1753 or something like that in the movie. If anything, if you have Peacock, just go check that scene out. It, you know, it's good stuff. So um, what am I watching? I don't really have a ton here. Just uh, Disney Plus stuff mostly. Just finishing up uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That finished. 
Uh, I talked about it on my other podcast, so I'm not going to get into it really here. Uh, if you want to check that out, that's Citizens of Pawnee podcast. Go ahead and check it out. It's on Spotify. That's where I uh, talk about parks and recreation. But anyway, um, yeah, overall, I think I gave the show a six. And that was actually kind of the last two episodes saved it from being like a four and a half or a five because I, I don't know. I just overall, I thought it was pretty cheesy. Um, Ms. Marvel, the other one that just started, eh, didn't just start. The third episode aired uh, this week. So um, I don't know how many episodes are in this series, probably like seven or eight. So it's getting close to halfway. But it's it started off a little slow and more just like fun, like more geared towards kids uh, or towards teens or whatever, because this this character is a 16 year old um, Pakistani girl. And it's just it. She's very charming. The actor is great. The character's fun. Uh, a lot of the people, like in her, her family, I love her dad. He's just so like kooky and like he's he's still trying to pick up on like American culture and stuff like that. And he's really into like, ooh, like in the third episode, he's like telling her friend, he's like, can you keep a secret? And he like has like a little hostess, like Kate, like a, I don't know, like a fudge pop or something like that. And he's just so like excited about it. And I don't know. I mean, if you've seen the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't seen it or if you're like wary about watching it. Like I kind of was because I love the MCU and I'll watch anything MCU. But I was like, I'm not excited about this show because it doesn't look like I can relate to it at all. I mean, this is a, you know, a, a younger girl for one. And then it's just, eh. and then the whole thing with her character is that she's obsessed with Captain Marvel, like the actual, you know, Brie Larson's character. And I hated that. I didn't hate the movie. I that, that's a very strong word. I did not hate Captain Marvel. I, it was one of my least favorites though. So I could maybe go as far as saying I didn't really like it, but I, I definitely won't say I hated it because there was some good stuff in there. Um, and then uh, just, uh, again, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness that dropped on Disney Plus, if you didn't hear. If you haven't seen it, if you're a horror fan, check it out, even if you're not a fan of the MCU. Uh, some of the stuff in there is really fucking good. There's some really good, like, like creepy stuff and then just some of the imagery and stuff i mean like where you're just like fuck that's awesome and there's some good violence in this movie for being pg-13 so even if you're not a fan of the mcu if you're if you don't even know who the, who the fuck these characters are i still think you could have um you know some fun watching the movie so anyway that's what i'm watching this week i i'm gonna i want to try i wanted to i was looking through like just horror movies from 2022 that, um, you know, just newer stuff that I haven't maybe come across. Um, Heather lets me use her shutter app, but I'm not on there very often. And then, um, usually when I, <laughs> I, I, I watch a lot of the same shit, you know, just, I'm, eh, it's comfort, you know, so, um, give us some suggestions, you know, if, if you've seen anything brand new, Heather did list off like six or seven movies, uh, on last week's episode that she had watched. So I know of those ones. And then she posted them on the Instagram as well. But if there's anything you've seen this year from 2022 that you want to recommend, please let us know. Um, I'll put that in the show notes there. I'll, I'll ask about that. You can drop it down there. Or again, you can you hit us up. You can email us or hit us up on the Instagrams um, and all that fun stuff, which I'll get to those in just a second. Uh, what are we watching next week? Remember, we are going to get back and we're going to watch Drag Me to Hell, which is what Heather picked last week. So um, watch that if you haven't yet. And um, that's going to wrap this episode up. 
Thank you so much for hanging out. Remember to check us out wherever you get your podcast now. And if you'd like to contact this show, horrorcopiapodcast at gmail.com is how you can reach us via email. You can also follow and message us on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Heather, any parting words? Um, no, no, um, I don't think so. No, um, okay, we'll see you next week. Mm, bye.